0: Welcome to The Actor and the Actuary as we, two guys in opposite states, talk about our careers, our life, in completely two different worlds as we try to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Good evening, Jeff.
1: Good evening. How are you doing? You know, I can't complain. Uh, Clearly, we're not um, you know, releasing episodes as fast as we had in the past. So therefore I, I seem to be a little busier than the usual. Um, but I'm doing well. Uh, how are you?
0: Uh, I'm doing well as well. Uh, yeah, it's busy times, you know, summer in the bold North is always busy. You're trying to cram in a whole year of activities into a few months. So, uh, that that's what we're in right now. Um, but yeah, you know, enjoy these times with your, uh with your little one. Uh, they they're definitely hard, but uh, they're special times. So enjoy them.
1: I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy is this thing in my hand. Hmm. Do you have anything in your hand? I sure do, Aaron. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? You drinking?
0: This. And I can't believe I've not had this yet. This is a seven-seven. You familiar with seven? Wow, seven? yeah, yeah. Seven so.
1: Up and uh, uh,
0: Seagram Seven. S-
1: yeah, Seagram Seven. But is it actually Seven Up or is it Sprite?
0: Oh, it's they're both the actual sevens. Oh, yeah. So this is a true seven-seven here. So yeah, it's very delicious. It's a it's a great drink. It's it's easy drinking. Uh, it's uh, it's perfect for a summer night like tonight.
1: I also have a summer drink. It's Ooh. not quite dark yet here. It's a it's dusk, but there still is brightness in the sky and therefore I still consider it daytime. So I'm having a Laganita's daytime.
0: Ooh, that looks great. What a what kind of beer is that?
1: This is uh, it's an IPA, but listen to this. Only 98 calories, 3 carbs. Wow also a low percentage of alcohol, 4%.
0: 4%. Yeah. 4% IPA. Yeah. Usually IPAs uh, get up there in the uh, percentages Six to
1: nine on average here four daytime, less carbs.
0: I see daytime because you could like drink it during the day and not feel terrible in the evening.
1: I would assume so. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is my criticism of IPAs in general. You can't you can't have them too early in the day. So yeah, I, the daytime
1: totally makes sense. I should probably try that. Lagunitas daytime. And if it doesn't uh, come to the bold North, just let me know and I'll mail you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got
0: Lagunitas down here. Uh, But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll check my, my local retailer to uh, check for availability. Jeff, I've got some great news. We've got some mail. Get out. All right. See ya. (laughs) <laughs> Just kidding. Here's the mail. Uh, so this is from a long time, first time, or maybe, maybe not long time, first time, maybe a couple time, first time, uh, this is from the boss's boss. So mm. someone that really wants to, uh, one up the boss, I guess. Looks like she felt so inspired, uh, by the political compass test that she, uh, sent us her own results. Wow. Um, yeah. She says, very interesting. Now I should probably listen to the episode about the test.
1: So, so the boss told the boss's boss about the test without the boss's boss listening to the episode. Uh,
0: apparently that's, <laughs> that's what I gather from this. Um, she says she's on summer break. So she, now she'll have some episodes to catch up on.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah. the boss's <laughs> boss is a female and her job revolves around non-summer work. Yeah. there aren't, I can't
0: think of any job like that, but uh-uh. maybe some of our astute listeners will. Anyway, um, she ended up in the lower left quadrant, which I believe is where both you and the boss ended up. She's uh minus one on left to right and minus three on uh the libertarian authoritarian. Okay,
1: so she's probably so she's a little closer to you than me and a little closer to center than not, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, yep, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Wow. That is very interesting. That's I don't a know that little
1: I, that's a little bit different than I expected the boss's yeah, I, boss to line.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I thought she'd be uh over with me on the right side, but uh I I guess not. But anyway, boss is boss, thanks for writing in. And yeah, now listen to some of our episodes. They're not half bad if you if you would.
1: What what do we got going on this evening? What are we talking about? Are we uh what are we chatting about?
0: Well, uh, you know, uh what we've tried to do on this podcast is uh, you know, talk about talk about things that matter, talk about deep things and uh you know, let's let's go all in on that tonight. Uh recently, I'm sure everyone that is listening is aware has heard the news about Roe v. Wade uh being overturned. And I know there is uh a lot of differing opinions on that. Um, I know all you have to do is go on social media and you can probably uh see both sides of that very apparent. So I figured we would talk a little bit about it, talk about um You know, our own views of it. Uh, Why is it such a divisive issue? And um, why are the two sides so contrasted from each other? Hmm. Easy topic.
1: All right. That's the kind of
0: hard hitting content you're going to get on the actor and the actuary.
1: Very good. Well, let's just dive in. Big decision. Uh, Clearly very split down the middle i guess i don't know in terms of percentages but pretty hardcore you're either on one side or not not a whole lot of middle ground here um it seems like at least from the social media aspect of it uh where do you find yourself in the discussion i would say as i have i'm sure said before
0: um i'm i'm fairly open-minded so i can see where other people are coming from on other perspectives. So I'll, I'll start off with that. Yeah. I would say personally, you know, I've talked a lot about it with, with Jess and I know, you know, we we believe that the, that life does start prior to being born and that there is real harm that is, is being done to people's lives when abortion occurs. And that, you know, is to these children that are unborn. And I think personally, like having gone through some miscarriages, and I know that you have as well, it kind of even makes that a little more real of Mm -hmm. just like here are our children that we wholeheartedly believe, you know, we're we're human and we don't ever get to see them outside of the womb. And I think abortion does play into that. And so I would say my very first reaction was one of joy saying like, well, this, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm really glad this happened. Um, But shortly thereafter, you know, met with cries of those that I love around me that were not a big fan of the decision. And also thinking about some of the practicalities of you know what this actually means and and what this will do. So that's a very long answer to your questions, but I would say it was initial joy
1: followed by I don't really know how to feel after mm. that. How about you? Uh, I'm curious. I'll put a pin in the uh, kind of what happens next part that that you brought up there. Um, there there's a lot. Sure. <laughs> The whole conversation is so complex. I think that's one frustration with the political discussion that happens with, I mean, this always comes up in every presidential debate, right? Well, where do you stand in abortion? Um, Pro-choice, pro-life, where are you at? And it's like the world wants to box in the answers to A or B, and it is so beyond that and it is mm-hmm. complex and it is so many different scenarios and situations and people. Right. And right. I'm not a woman. And like, there's a lot of things that happen um, in conversations about, well, what if that person doesn't have the ability to take care of the child? What if there's health concerns? Um, what about rape? What about, all? There, there's a lot of sides to the conversation about why it can't be just, well, I'm pro-life well, I'm pro-choice. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of depth to it. And I think that's one thing that needs to be at the forefront of the conversation instead of this like almost attack of the opposite party, which again, we find ourselves in constantly. It's where we've been for the last, uh, let's say, six years, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. It is that it deserves a lot more listening than it does talking. So- yeah. Uh, that's kind of my first initial thought is there's way more to it and everybody brings something to the table. Um,
0: there totally is. And and if you are sitting on one side and you don't know how somebody could be on the other side, it, it's just like what we talked about in our political topic. Yeah. Like if you don't understand it, take a step back. Y- mm. You are, you're not understanding the other person's point of view. If you can't understand why somebody thinks differently than you.
1: Right. And there's a lot of reasons that why people do something. Um, I mean, I bring a lot of prayer into my decisions and our family's decisions and Jack does too. And that's something that we bring to the table of decision making that not all families do. Um, And I respect that too. But like there's an element of those kinds of things that are brought into decision making that we can't just loop in and decide upon for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also not, I think a lot of the conversation comes to like, well, yeah, but look at our healthcare system or look at, you know, how we're going to be able to provide or look at the economics of where we're at and all the, the poverty that exists and, um, the rich getting richer and the poor getting poor and all these kids going to grow up without parents. Like there's a huge element of conversation in all of that too. Oh yeah. Um, and with that deserves more conversation, not necessarily on abortion, but on, where are the places in our country that are set up to help these single moms or these uh, orphan kids or these, like these situations that we're talking about that are the extremes of, well, what if this you're right, there's poor setup to receive, or there's not enough people willing to adopt to how many babies that'll, like there's, there's a lot of conversation about the problem there's also a lot of conversation about, like you said, when does a life become a life and at what point? And, and I know that Jacqueline and I have, like you said, we've miscarried and there's a reality to losing, um, you know, a fetus in development and there's a, there's a, there's a loss there. So that's a very real thing for us too, in terms of what defines life. And I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a lot of conversations on the table, about what it means to define when a life begins, what it means to be the decision maker of, hey, it's my body, my choice, or is it God's choice, or is it like, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to it um, that I think dissol- deserves more of a conversation.
0: For sure. And if you want to break it down into like a utilitarian type of question, you could do that too you know if you're going to say that a child that's unborn is not not really a life that's not a person that's you know that's i don't know that that's not life then i think it's probably an easy decision right like there's nothing to protect then like it's just you should have choice over your body if you believe that yes that is a life that is a person that deserves protection now it's not an easy decision. It's not that person, that life should always be protected. Now you're weighing two different things. There's two different people involved in the equation and you can have a utilitarian conversation about, well, what's the greater good, Mm -hmm. you know? And obviously that's, that would be a futile conversation. I I don't think you could ever solve it, but (laughs) nope, it's not a win-win situation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I had dinner at my grandma's house uh a couple of weeks ago. And she she was actually in high school before Roe v. Wade, which is crazy for me to think of as kind of like a uh, mind-blown moment there. But there was someone in her class that actually died as a result of um of getting an abortion because it was illegal and so it had to come you know it's kind of an under the under the table from some person who is not actually a you know a trained uh doctor mm-hmm. um and so you know like I, I know one of the first things i heard after roe v wade was overturned is people will die as a result of this i think biden said that and i think that's that's real like yeah, yeah. there there are people that will die if they try, if, you know, they go for these under the table type of abortions um, that that's very likely to happen. And so you have to weigh that against everything else.
1: Yeah. And you know, the, the kind of counter conversation is, just because that person has a physical life, Uh, like a a body outside of the womb then we're defining that as a life loss but are we doing an equal conversation about the life's loss you know in abortion and i think that's kind of like the the balance of well, are are we and when are we looking at that conversation of life and fetus development and you know a heartbeat starts at week like five i believe and those are the kinds of things it's like well okay are we looking at the the moral question of when does a life become a life? Are we looking at all of the factors of, like you said, there's going to be a lot more, uh, they call it medical tourism. Uh, you know, people come into California for medical tourism and, and Minnesota. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And <clears throat> leaving it up to the States like that. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy conversation because the other thing that it's doing is it's, dividing our states very politically to where it's almost going to encourage people where they live based on (laughs) certain decisions right so then it's like well my people are here and my people are here and well i'm going to go live here because of this so we're creating a lot of division within our country with some of these legislative changes that then basically say but it's all up to the state so i don't know it's it's interesting that's like saying yeah well I mean, again, one way of looking at it. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a crime that's considered murder by shooting somebody, but we'll leave it up to the States to decide if it's okay or not. I mean, right. There's a counter to that too.
0: You know, the the hard part is, is yeah, there's two bodies involved. That's, that's the other part. Mm -hmm. And that there are different beliefs about when life starts. And that second one, I I don't know, you know, like if you drive at, at least up here in the bold North, you go anywhere in the country, you see signs all over that say, you know, like what you just quoted, right? Like a heart starts beating at, at five weeks, or, uh, I don't know, I could wiggle my fingers at, nine weeks or whatever the number is. I made that Mm -hmm. one up. Um, and so like, I think they're, you know, that's trying to convince people that life is starting early, but, but like, how, how could you convince somebody to have a different belief than they already hold about when life starts? Like, it's like either you believe that or you don't.
1: Yeah. Correct. I think it also depends on how much the world knows. I mean, and again, I'm not saying that I am one of full knowledge on all of this like i'm very open uh, and i hope that's also conveyed as i'm very open to if people want to write in like tell me why you think what you think and i'd love to have a conversation about it you know i want to know more about all sides of the conversation um i think a lot of it comes from a point of ignorance in terms of the conversation either side i'm Mm -hmm. ignorant about what it's like to be a woman (laughs) or I'm Mm -hmm. ignorant about what it's like to know the facts of fetal development and when a heart beats and all that kind of stuff. And I just assume like, well, I can't see it. So therefore a life comes at birth because that's when they first take their first breath and all that kind of stuff. Um, And there, there's a lot of that, or I have a higher value of the person carrying the life than the life that's inside the person. But can it be a real conversation about caring for one over the other? And can you care for both simultaneously, even if it's harder to care for the one inside the womb? I mean, there's a, there's a heavy conversation about that. And also there's like a different selfless versus selfish conversation too that will, I think will always be taken the wrong way. Well, like, Oh, it's, it's selfish for me to abort my baby. And it's more selfless for me to, Give up this baby for adoption. But then there's medical expenses. There's all the giving it's carrying the child. There's there's a lot to it. And the struggle of, well, will that baby even be adopted in the end, or will it fall into the system for 18 years until it falls out? And will that kid have a viable future? There's all kinds of those kinds of things too.
0: Exactly. And there and in some cases, this extra responsibility, which somebody somebody who's pro life would say that you now have that may not have been that may have not have been your choice it may have been an accident it may have been something that was forced upon you mm-hmm. and uh how do you
1: reconcile that
0: that's i think that's a part that people wrestle with
1: well sure and also what if you are pro life are you are you on the corner of all right well on if i'm pro life and i want this change and be overturned am i going to help either financially a family in need who is choosing life am i going to help the system get better with finances or physical support to offer help in areas or places of need for women who need support or men i mean in, in the situation that um Like the woman would leave and the the dad stays or things like that, which I know is Mm -hmm. more lopsided in terms of when it actually does happen, but both sides. Or am I going to step up and also adopt? I I mean, there's a, hey, if you're willing to take the stance of pro-life, are you willing to also step into the problem? Yeah. Instead of just saying, hey, I'm pro-life. Good luck.
0: Yep. Become Nothing. a foster parent.
1: Become a foster parent. Uh, there's yeah. such a need for foster care. So yeah,
0: I, no, I, yeah, but you got to put your money where your mouth is, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it that creates, like you said, it creates a whole other issues which are not addressed in our current system. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and there's a lot of brokenness in our current system. There's mm-hmm. a lot of need for support, physically, yep. financially. Joining in the, in the foster care system, all of that kind of stuff.
0: I think you know this. The overturning was pretty controversial. Um, I I'm not a legal expert. I'll I think you all know that. Uh, but based on the research that I did, you know, it looked like the original Roe v. Wade ruling was also controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's not like there's some very clear cut answer. I think here, you know, there was. There was uproar when Roe v. Wade happened, and there's uproar now when it gets reversed. So I I, I guess that should not be surprising. And it's, cl- cl- uh, to me, it seems like it's not clear-cut, I would say, on the, the legal precedent of it anyway. Can you say a little more about that? Well, I'm not really a legal expert here, but uh, from a little bit of research that I did, um, it looked like... The, Roe v. Wade was kind of contingent on this this 14th Amendment that says no state should deprive any person of life, liberty, uh, or property without due process of law. And I think the, I believe the opinion on Roe v. Wade was that one of the liberties that is protected in that statement is privacy, Mm. um, right to privacy. And so because of that right to privacy that protects an abortion um, at a federal level, and I think what you what we saw in this recent opinion from the current Supreme Court is mm, that's the Constitution doesn't protect this this right to having an abortion, and so really saying the 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 federal level is silent on it, and the states should. Uh, should determine which way to go, which, you know, which you mentioned earlier, it's going to lead to states becoming very polarized.
1: All that to be said, who even knows? (laughs) Like we we are all experiencing and understanding and um, making decisions in life that are hard. And I think as we grow and understand, but also experience life, um, I think our beliefs change one way or another. I have a massive different view on children because I'm a father than I ever did pre-father. And I think people can say that about whatever you're experiencing and you bring something to the table and also that your voice matters. And while clearly it sounds like, Hey, my reason and my viewpoint is pro life. And this is what I believe. There is another side to it. And I, I, I open that here and I say, Hey, I want to hear, I want to listen. I think that's part of the problem is sometimes it's like, well, they believe this I'm cutting them off. And it's like, no, I actually do want to like hear your side and I want to support you and love you and your belief and your thoughts and all of that. And I'll offer mine and you can offer yours. And maybe there's more of a middle ground than we actually believe. And I think that's generally where these polarizations ruin each other and ruin relationships because we just assume the extremities as opposed to have a conversation with listening involved and say, oh yeah, actually there's a little bit more of a common area that we both exist in, maybe in different quadrants, like you exist from the boss's boss, but (laughs) there is a probably more neutral standpoint in a lot of our belief systems than we assume. Yeah, I think, I think there are,
0: I think there's always common ground. Um, and maybe I would acknowledge on that point that we are in a broken world and it shouldn't be this way. You know, it shouldn't Hmm. be that a woman without her consent could get pregnant and has to live with, you know, either, either outcome of becoming pregnant Mm -hmm. or, having an abortion like that. That's not fair. You know, that that should not be happening. And that is that's a terrible thing in itself. And uh, I, I don't know, we don't have a solution for that.
1: Right. Right. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot more need for solutions um, and support than I think there is a need for understanding. Well, what side of the line are you on? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And maybe one, one last acknowledgement that, uh, we know that we are both men and, uh, you know, I I don't think that means that we can't have an opinion on it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really silly stance to have. Uh, but I do realize that we're missing some information and some experiences that others have. And so I know but yeah. both you and I have talked with our wives and, you know, we get it a little bit from that, but, but yeah, we,
1: we acknowledge that we are missing some of that. That, that is a good point though. This will be my last point. You're talking about, you re- realize that we're men, men play a huge part in this. And the problem is, is that culturally we kind of assume that it's not our problem, not our body, not my problem. And so like, mm. there's a lot of fatherless kids being raised and it's like, hang on a second. There's a huge problem. If you're looking at, um, abandoning fathers, fathers who leave the household. Cause they're like, uh, uh-uh, I'm out. Didn't mean to have that happen. Peace. And then that encourages the female to then make a hard decision alone. And there's an isolation to that. And so it's almost like a lot of the times the men have created a burden on the woman to make a really difficult decision instead right. of creating a decision and supporting together and being in that together there's an isolation factor that is um, upon one of those other statistics that need to be fixed is support for these dads who are like, Hey, I'm about to leave. And it's like, hang on a second. Let's give you some support and education, uh, and come around you to not abandon your family. There's a, a big issue that I think needs to be addressed more too. Also in, in the, the fact that the men are more involved or should be more involved than I think sometimes they assume we assume. I think, uh, I think that's a good place to, to pause. Um, and I want to make it, that it is a pause because I want to continue conversation off book with anybody who wants to. And, and conversations also, when you write in, if you want it to be private too, it, you don't have to have a moniker and make it public. If you want to just say, Hey, I want to voice my own thoughts on this, but I don't want you to talk about it. Then that's fine too. We're not here to to force you on the air, but, um, but we, we do want to encourage conversation. So feel free to reach out, um, at the actor and the actuary at gmail.com. My name is Jeffrey Larson. I am the actor
0: and I'm Aaron Sorbel, the actuary. Thanks for diving in deep with us.